Now, this is about this coming weekend. Yeah, for some of you, I'm not talking about graduation, although graduation is exciting, and it is coming this weekend. Um, but on top of that, we've got an amazing student who is also part of the graduation, I mean, of the ENLI, but he will not be with us next weekend because he has a very important other reason to be where to be. So he will be in Ojiwarongo. So uh, this is, uh, I want to call forth uh, Prosper. Where are you? Mr. Magaza. Ah! I want to... <laughs> I just, I just want to give you a hug. What is your name? Thank you. <laughs> Man. Um, Marizan, you look beautiful. And uh, if you look like this, I don't know how will you look on Saturday. It's going to be glorious. But I really just want to say, guys, these guys have arrived. They have, uh, they have noticed each other, and it didn't end there. So they are taking a further step into making sure that they don't miss each other out. So they will wake up every morning looking at each other, as from next week. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be an amazing, amazing event, I'm sure. You guys are looking forward, and you are counting down how many days. All right, okay, 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 okay. So they are, I mean, to those that don't know what am I talking about, they are getting married. I mean, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say. So it's going to be an amazing day. We just want to call the elders just to come and the pastors to please come and pray and just bless them um, and really trust God that nothing between now and then will stand in the way of what God wants to do. Yeah, Father God, we just want to release heaven as they prepare themselves, as they walk these next five days, six days. Eh? Yeah, we just want to release heaven that their step will be elevated, that their steps will be light. Anything that they're still putting together will be light upon their shoulders. No stress, no anxiety in the name of Jesus. When I prepare their hearts, Father God, that they're ready for what you want to release on the day that they tie the knot. When I pray, Father God, that you prepare their parents' hearts on that day. When I prepare, pray as well that you prepare the hearts of the witnesses. That they will be able to raise them out to heaven. They will be able to intercede for them in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray there may be loose ends now that needs to be brought together. Lord, we pray for your grace. We pray that you will wrap them up together and that on their day, Father God, they will see nothing missing, but they will see completeness in all the plans that they have uh, put into the works. We pray, Father God, that their joy, Father, will be the joy that you will deposit in their hearts, that they will experience that unspeakable joy from the heart of God. 
We speak a blessing upon them. We, we pray protection, Lord God, in these last days and then the new year or the new season coming. We pray for your protection. Guard them, watch over them, provide for them in Jesus' mighty name. We pray and we thank you. We are excited when we rejoice with them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. The scripture speaks about the wife of your youth. Ah, that's, what I, that's the scripture I got for you guys as we were praying. Um, that uh, it's a joy to be young and be married. And it's even more joyful to remain married until the end huh? and bury each other in your 90s. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, also, next weekend, as I said, it is Ian Alai graduation. Please come in numbers. Come in numbers. Uh, there are students that have been really trusting God all this year. And that have been faithfully coming every day. I mean, every Tuesday uh, to the to the ENLI, and it was it was an experience. You will come and hear their testimonies. You will come and see them um, individually. And uh, please uh, invite your families and your friends to come and be there and to celebrate with us as we thank God for His faithfulness. Amen. Yeah. Last weekend I was in Okahanja visiting our family family church there, and uh, two of our lovely sisters are here. It's good to see you guys, and thank you, and welcome. You see, that's what happens. That's what happens. We are family. We are family. So yeah, um, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see what God is doing through the Every Nation family. Um, Let me pray for us, and then uh, we will dive into the Word. Dear Heavenly Father, May your word continue to be a two-edged sword that cut that way and also that cuts this way as, we, as, I, as I speak this morning. Lord, we pray that our ears will be open to hear you speak and we also pray that will not be hear us but that we will do what your word says as faithful disciples of our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor Hilma started um, last week with an amazing, amazing topic from the very book. We are, doing, we are going through the book of Hebrews um, this month, all the way up until the 26th of November. That will be the last sermon of, from this book. And um, in between there, we will have um, a family service and then we will continue. Okay, that doesn't mean that the book have stopped or the series have stopped. But um, it was good to really hear the amazing message of chapter one. And so we're going to continue from that, um, going to chapter two, verse one to four. Chapter two, verse one to four. Now I want to call Shelter to the front because Shelter is my dear sister and she can read English so well. Morning, church. <clears throat> I'm not prepared, so if I don't read properly, please excuse me. <laughs> All 
Okay, uh, Hebrews 2. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Please give her a round of applause. She's, she's gifted. She's gifted. Yeah, um, the, 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 the author to the book started the book by giving us the idea of Jesus Christ. And first he begins in chapter 1, as we heard from Pastor Hilma, by saying, in the past, God spoke to ancestors through the poor prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And then he continues to describe a little bit about Jesus, who he is and what he has done. And you will see all that in chapter 2, chapter, I mean, verse 2, verse 3 of chapter 1, as you have heard last week. Now, in this um, very specific chapter here in chapter 2, verse 1, he begins by saying, therefore, we must pay most careful attention. Now this, to me, it's an exhortation, it's a serious warning, lest you drift away. It's a serious, it's a serious warning. Um, I couldn't help but to remember the days when my father used to tell us that we must not leave the yard. You must not leave the yard, you must stay in the yard. If I find you outside... Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You will be in trouble. So when he was saying that, before he drives away in his police car, he will look at, he will look at us with his serious face. Anashini, you children. So I, I couldn't help. So my father was a very strict disciplinarian who never allowed, never, allowed any of his children to rebel against, against him without suffering the consequences. He never allowed us to do that. And if you do, it was trouble. So as a young boy, I was very careful to obey him promptly in order not to incur any punishment. If I have to do something against his will, I had to be very creative. Very, very creative. Everything was pre-planned to say, okay, so how am I going to maneuver now? I have to come back before five, like quarter two or five two, because you will child at five o'clock. Or I have to listen to the car coming as it, as it comes, because it was a police car, so during the collocation it will make more noise than all the other cars in town. So you see how much creativity it took. So you had to think. So if you are very far away, you had to run 
and jump through other people's yards, some yards, there are dogs. So you only step one and then you jump into the other yard. <laughs> ah, it was real, guys, growing up in that house. It was real. If you think I'm exaggerating, Eben is sitting right there. You can ask him. He's sitting right there. Now, if we have to be so obedient to our earthly fathers, how much more to the word of God? How much more to the word of God? This is basically the idea that is being brought here. Pay most careful attention. Like, I don't even know who says that. Who says, who put all those words together? Pay attention. Pay most careful attention. Like, how much emphasis do we need? How much do we need to understand that this is quite serious? Lest you drift away. Friends, there's something here that I think if we don't do this, we will miss. It says we must pay most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. What did we hear? Because he's building up an argument here. He's building up an argument. And as I said, in verse 2, he says, But in these last days he has spoken to us, of chapter 1, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Therefore, pay attention. I'm not just asking you to pay attention to someone walking in the street because they've got either high heels and they're walking very funny and they don't know how to walk in them. Or something, something simple like that. But this is paying attention to Christ Jesus. This is paying attention to the gospel. This is paying attention to something that if you don't have this, you are lost. The whole idea of drifting away, friends. Drifting. If you own a boat and you always park your boat in Walfish Bay and you're walking in Vinduk and every now and then you take your families back there and you enjoy a nice time in the sea, but you don't anchor that boat, and you are here. Do you think when you go back, you will find that boat there? You will find it somewhere. Why? Because it has drifted. It will be gone. The waves will somehow just drift that thing away, away from the shore, and it will be gone. The whole idea of anchoring your life around Christ Jesus, it is so much so that you don't get lost. It is so much so that 
you don't go to hell. <laughs> it is so much so that you don't miss eternal life. It is so much so that you don't miss salvation. There is an amazing contrast that he continues to paint as from verse 2. He says, for since the message spoken through the angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment. I don't even know. I mean, if you would ask yourself, why the angels? Why are the angels important? We are talking about Christ Jesus here. Why are the angels important? We as people, we have some sort of an inclination to Pay attention when the angels appears in the room. It's like, Lord, please send your angels to guard me. Send your angels to protect me. But he says his name is Emmanuel. God with us. He says in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, that he will not leave us. He is with us till the end of age. Why is the angels important than Christ's presence himself? So you see the comparison. The comparison is to say that take your attention from the less greater things to the most greater things. Bring your attention to what is important and that is Jesus Christ. Something that we have heard. The believers in the book that, to whom the book was written are of the second generation. They are not the ones who heard the message themselves. How do I know that? Because it says, further there, it says, um, is it verse 4? Verse 3, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. So they are just like us. They are just like us. We did not see the Lord when he came, but we believed. There's a part where Jesus is praying, and he's praying, and he's praying for his disciples, and he says, may the word of the Lord that is in their hearts continue, even to those who will hear this message, through them that they will be blessed. Those are the believers in Hebrews, and those are you and me. That we did not see Jesus Christ himself in flesh, but when we heard the word, our hearts jumped. And our hearts believed that indeed this is true. Being a Herero, the first time I had, I started with this quest of God, I came to my dad and I asked him a lot of questions about Jesus Christ and he looked at me and we had a photo in our sitting room of Jesus Christ, supposedly Jesus Christ and he, and he, he pointed to the photo and he says, look at, look at, look at that, look at Jesus and I said, yeah, why don't, you believe, why don't we believe in Jesus? He says, because Jesus is a white man, can't you see? 
He is an ancestor of the white people. He died for the white people. Just like our ancestors died for us. And I sat there with this thing and for the longest of time, I had this thing in my heart. That the truth was piercing in my heart and everything was true about the gospel. Why was it true? Because the issue of sin is not spoken of anywhere else through history except through Jesus Christ. And when I knew that I could be saved from sin, I understood that there is only one man who claims to have died from my sin and that's Jesus Christ. Whether he's black or white or gray or green, I don't care, I will believe in him. Amen? And as you come closer to the word and you study the word, you start to understand that God, right from the beginning, he had a plan. He had a plan to reveal the salvation of man that Adam and Eve have caused through a specific people. Now those people happen to be Abraham. And those people happen to be all the lineage of Abraham and his children. And they are those people in the Middle East. And that's how they look like. Why? So that we can start seeing his glory. He had his redemptive plan and through Abraham so that we can receive that blessing. So to say that is for the Jewish people, this is for the Herero people, is actually pulling yourself away from the blessings of God. And I'm telling you, you will miss the great salvation if you think like that. You will miss it. The church in Hebrews is going through difficult times as well. And the reason why this word is coming across as a firm warning is to help them realize that they are not supposed to go anywhere. They are not supposed to go anywhere. Many of us, especially in Africa, the gospel is coming to people and we don't usually hear it when it's being preached until we are in difficult times. It's like, Lord, where is that Lord that was being promised around here? <laughs> Please, I'm, <laughs> I don't care, I don't care. Yes, 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 yes. Just, just please help me. Help me. Many people come to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying God does not use that. He does. He does use our difficulties and our circumstances to bring us closer to him. But then, we must give him that attention. So that we can hear the gospel properly. And not just run away after things are better. Because that's what we do. It's like, fix me, fix me, fix me. Okay, fine. Like a racing car. It's like, eh. fix me, fix me. Eh. Off you go. We can't be like that. We must pay careful attention. By doing that is taking that rope that is on you and tightening it somewhere there around Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so that it's tight. And come more difficulties that you don't run to anything else thinking that Christ will not help. You see the point? Because we have a tendency to run. 
when difficulties hit. And these people in Hebrews, now they have come to Christ. But now they want to run away from Christ. Why? Because the difficulties found them while they are at Christ. So they must, Christ is not powerful enough, so I must now go somewhere else. And this is why people end up at which doctors, which what what, and all those kind of which what what. Magicians and what what. That is not right. That is not right. It's not right. The word is encouraging us that when difficulties come, we are, all, we are to remember. We are to remember who we are with. We are with Christ and we must know that he is powerful. We must know that he is the son of God. He is the one that speaks to us. Many of us want to hear God. We want to hear God. But we don't open the Bible. It's like, God, please just speak to me. Speak to me. You have your eyes closed. Ah, maybe let me put on worship song. Speak, Lord. Speak. Ah, no, God is not speaking. I heard a testimony the other day of Brother Dave who was talking about the fresh manna and not the old manna. And so now I need to hear the fresh manna. While everything is in his word. Why do we think he has given us his word? Why is the Bible there? All through generations, people always have gone back to the word. All through generations, people have always gone back to the word. Why do we think that God can speak to us? And in the end, if he doesn't, we are disappointed. And so, we stay away. We drift away. While we have something that is supposed to remind us so that we pay most careful attention. If you have a letter, those days that people used to write a letter, especially from a girlfriend, and it's a long distance relationship, every now and then if you want to forget, you are always going back to that letter. Oh, this is what she said. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Or you pick up the photo when you want to forget how the person looks like. Go back. You can't now go into thin air and say, I want to remember how she looks like. Just, I, just that picture must just come to me. It must come to me. No, it's not come to me so she doesn't love me anymore. You see what we do with the word of God? We do exactly that. The word is here. It's written. Christ Jesus is well explained in words that we will not just be able to speak in our normal language. Listen to this. By his son, he's appointed him heir of all things, so he owns all things. So if you want something, be there. And through him, he made the universe. Nothing has been made that is made. Without him. Jesus Christ. Why would you want to walk away from an amazing reminder like this? Martin Luther, we know that this coming Tuesday, it will be 500 years 
of reformation and uh, and 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 on that day the 31st of October 151517 he took the 95 theses and he placed it on the door of that particular church and then after that he kept preaching grace alone salvation through grace alone and through faith alone he kept preaching this repeatedly 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 and one of his church members one day he stood up and he says but why do you keep giving us the same message over and over and over again he says because you forget you forget we forget pay most careful attention lest you forget lest you drift away friends drifting away doesn't just happen today i'm going to decide i'm going to instead of coming to church i'll go to that place there there and i'm going to take down five tequilas down 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 and i'm not that's it from there i will walk into church and i will renounce christ that's it that's it we don't do that you know how it happens you know how it's happened and you know why he's using the word drifting it starts slowly i don't want to wake up i don't want to pray i'm too tired I'm not going to read my Bible today. Oh, I forgot to pray. Ah, it doesn't matter. After some time, where this thing over and over and over again, you realize that you have not been in the Word. It has been a month. And then the next thing is that the devil keeps knocking at your door and he's keep condemning you. Why? Because you are a sinner and sin is still pounding and it's, it's like a, a, a cigarette, you know, when you are in the crowd of people who would smoke. When you walk away there, that smell never leaves you. That you sometimes people say, do you smoke? No. But why are you smelling a cigarette? Why? Because it clings on you. Sin clings on us. And when it clings on us, it keeps reminding us how horrible we are without Christ Jesus. Instead of us going back to Christ, we get condemned. And when we are condemned, we even don't come to the fellowship of the brethren. Later when you see there is Pastor Ephraim coming, I don't want him to ask me questions. What is happening to you? You are drifting. Slowly but surely you are drifting. That's how it happens. The next thing, one of your old friends, he comes there on a Friday evening. What are you doing? With the remote control. Ah, nothing. Come in. Why? Because you have forgotten the truth. Because you have forgotten the great salvation. Because you have forgotten Christ. What's the next thing? Ah, let me just go and have fun, man. I'm just bored here at home. We've got the word. It's boring. This word is being used now more, more than it has ever been used in history. People get bored. Even my own son is telling me, Dad, I'm bored. I'm like, you, four-year-old. 
What do you mean you are bored? Go play outside. Run around. Boring, 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 boring. It's because of boring that people are chatting to people that they are not supposed to chat with. Come on, I'm bored. Hi. Hi. What are you doing? Nothing. Okay. What are you doing? Hi. Come on, what do I say now? What do I say now? I must not be obvious. I must not be obvious. You are drifting. Hi. You are drifting. So friends, lest we drift away, we must pay most careful attention. What happens if we drift away? Verse 2. For since the message spoken through the angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received it just, its just punishment. Every violation and disobedience. The message through the angels. Which, which message was that? Let's go to Acts chapter 7, verse 38. Acts chapter 7, verse 38. This is Stephen speaking to people who are in the same boat as these people here in the book of Hebrews. Verse 38, if you are there, say, good. Verse 38, he says, he was in the assembly, in the wilderness, with the angels who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our ancestors, and he received living words passed on to us. Who was the he? Moses. When he was receiving what? The commandments. He was with who? With the angels. You see now why they wrote with the author in the book here, he's using that same language to say the word spoken through the angels was binding. It's because God sent his angel to give the word to Moses so that Moses can pass it down to the people. And this word was binding. It had serious, serious, serious consequences. That is not even compared to the seriousness of my dad's finger. When he was telling us, I must find you in the yard when I come back. Now this was the words from God himself. But it was through the angels to Moses. Remember Pastor Hilma was talking about the greatness of Christ in comparison to the angels and to Moses, if you go to chapter 3. So he's trying to build that to say this word had serious consequences and people died as a result of their disobedience. The people died as a result of their disobedience. 
<laughs> Verse 3 says, how shall we? Do you see that? He brings how serious that was back then. Because we saw that first he was speaking through the prophets, through the angels, through Moses. But now these last days he is speaking through his son. And that's why he's saying, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? Meaning that if we now ignore what comes out of Christ, how much more will it be? Because if you remember your Old Testament, the soil was opening up, my friend. People were being swallowed. That day when you sin, you get leprosy. Right there, right away. It's like, yo, get him out of the city. Get him out of the city. There was no what, what, what. Here we are pretending. Holy, holy, ah, ah. There, there was no those things. Some people, even when they are reading the Old Testament, they say, ah, God was very serious back then. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the same God. Not that he has become less serious now. It's just that that punishment that was going upon those people was without Christ. When Christ shows up in the picture, he gets it on the cross. No wonder why he's saying, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? It was difficult to bear. It was not easy. I mean, the guy is praying and the sweat is blood. To show us that this is serious. And here we are, we are saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. And then we carry on as if nothing is. How shall we? Because the time, indeed, the time will come. The time will come. When Noah was preaching the gospel, when he was building the boat, people were laughing at him. And this is what I tell the ENLI students all the time. They know about this. Noah was preaching the gospel as he builds the ark. The people were mocking him. They were laughing at him. And they were thinking, ah, this guy is out of his mind. What is he talking? Where is the water going to come from? Where, what water? What water? He says, no, the day will come. The day will come. He kept saying, the day will come. Let me just add this one wood here. The day will come. <laughs> and they kept laughing. They kept mocking him. They kept mocking him. And then when the boat was done, he got into the boat with those selected few animals. And he says, Ham, close the boat. And Ham closed the boat. The scripture says the water was coming from everywhere. Even under the ground. <laughs> the people that could swim, they tried swimming, but they ran out of breath. Because how long are you going to swim? And you are just floating there, you are floating there until you die. When they are trying to look at the boat, the boat is drifting in the salvation of Christ. Those people are safe. We can be like those people. We must know better. Why? Because we have everything in here to tell us, to warn us, to tell us, to really equip us so that we are well prepared. We even have Jesus Christ on this side of history so that there is no excuse when he judges. And the judgment is going to be serious, friends. 
not going to be uh, what, 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 what. It's going to be very serious. We will have to stand before God and there will be a little video there and we'll be like, no, no, not that one. No. No. Are you taking that serious? No. Everything will be laid bare. And those who are in Christ Jesus, they will be saved. Your story will be the cross that will appear there. Ah, the cross, ah, the cross. Well, well done, man, Christ. Well done. Oh, because I saw the other guy. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> so be smart. The scripture says, foolish are those who say there is no God. They are fools. Because we will not be able to contain the judgment of God. That is something very serious. So that's why the scripture is saying here in verse 3, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? Friends, we will not escape. We will not escape anything. Even my smartness that I used to be, my creativity with my father will not work there. How creative you are, you will not, it will not go and it will not go. It will not go. So the best thing to do right now while you are alive, in this morning, right now, while you are listening to this, is to change and don't ignore. Is to pay the most careful attention. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, there's a reason why he came and he announced it first. He came and he announced it first. That repent and, be, and believe in Christ. Repent and believe in Christ. Peter then in chapter 2 of Acts, he continues the same words when the people were cut to the heart after his amazing sermon. They asked, so what shall we do? He says, repent, believe, and be baptized. Receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And about 3,000 amazing, smart group of people went and they gave their life to Christ that day. Just like you sitting here. The reason why you are sitting here is because you know that Christ Jesus is the way. Otherwise, you would not even bother coming to church. That means you are smart or that means you are about to make a smart choice right now, this morning. This morning. If you have not believed in Christ, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice with you as you come to your Father. Because there is no other way There is nothing else. There is nothing else that can happen to a human being that is born in this world. It's to be with the Lord. It's to be with Christ Jesus. Friends, maybe before I continue to the next point, which will be my last point, let me say 
we can't be lethargic about our Christian walk. We can't be tired. We can't be tired about our Christian walk. We must be very serious about our walk. I'm not talking about struggling with sin. I'm talking about making a decision to be tired because you don't want to study the word of God. You don't want to pray. You don't want to be with the believers. That, in Christian terms, is being lazy. And that laziness is going to cause you greatly. We must study the word. We must be people of the word. We must be in the word. You see people being snatched right next to you. You say, oh, praise God, it's not me. No. You need to do something. Every day, they are going. And then you are saying, hmm, we better be serious. We must be serious. I really, I really want to be serious this year. No, just get serious. Get serious. Study the word. Grow in your walk with Christ. Grow in your walk with Christ. The last verse, chapter uh, verse 4, it says, God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, demonstrated according to his will. When the people were hearing the word from Jesus, they were moved. But they were not so moved so much as when they saw the miracles. When they saw the miracles, they were coming in numbers. And they came and they followed him. They followed him. And then when he started preaching and when the word was started cutting to the core, they started leaving. Some of them were looking at their circumstances. Some of them were, you know. And then he looked at those that remained and there were the twelve. He says, you also must go if you want to go. Peter looked and he says, where shall we go? Where shall we go? Because with you, there is words of eternal life. And with you, what he's actually saying is, if we go there, we will not be saved. With you, there is greater salvation. Where shall we go? And so the disciples grew in their walk with the Lord. And it only took them three years. Bam. Please don't, don't be a Christian who is here 20 years and you're still drinking milk. Grow. Later in the book, you will see in chapter 6 where it is encouraging. And please, I advise you to read the book way in advance. Spend time. Read. Just read through. Don't even ponder. Just read through and read through again. When we come here, we will ponder the word together. Because then when we are talking about this thing, you'll be, ah, yeah, I read that, I read that, yes, 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 yes. So just read through. In chapter 6, 
the scriptures continue to encourage the brothers to say, let's just quickly go there. Verse 1, it says, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to what? To maturity. People struggling with sin, if you are a babe, this is what happens. You sin, you repent. You sin, you repent. You sin, you repent. That's where you stay. You don't grow. You feel horrible when the Lord is encouraging you to spurn into flames the gift of God that has been given to you when the laying on of hands was taking place. You say, no, 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 I can't do those things. What if those people see who I really am and then, and, and then you condemn yourself? You pull back. This is why we have people 20, 30 years still come to church every Sunday and just go home. Because they don't know what to do with struggling with sin. Struggling with sin is very different. Very different. And that should not deter you from paying most careful attention. It is so that it humbles you to know that you are dependent on Christ. So hide in him May your shame be in him. And then you walk boldly knowing that it is all taken care of in Christ Jesus. Amen? We need to do that. Because otherwise, Pastor Hilma will be calling for volunteers year after year and people will be sitting here condemning themselves. I know me, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to, <laughs> to, to do that. I'm not worthy. When we are asking people to go for missions, 10-day missions, it's like, no, 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 no. I, even out of the country, my goodness. I'm not even saving in church. How can I go out of the country while I'm not even saving in church? So I'm struggling to the point that I can't do anything. It continues to say, God's Everything. Ah, where am I? Here we are. Here we are. God also testified to it by signs, wonders. These things need to be experienced in the church. Signs, wonders, miracles. They need to be experienced in the church. Now, if you are struggling with these little things, if you are here, the person that is being spoken about in chapter 6, you will not be able to experience the fullness of God's glory. You will not grow into maturity. You think, no, 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 no. With what I did last night, I won't be able to lay hands and somebody won't get healed. Let the pastors, those who are called, can go and do that. I'm, I don't think I'm called based on my, my life. I'm about to finish. Friends, we need to grow. The challenge is to pay most careful attention to what we have heard so that we grow and do not drift away and remain in the grace so that we can be a blessing to the body of Christ. So that we can be a blessing to the body of Christ. We must forget 
those things of I come to church to be blessed. That mentality will stop us from blessing others. You are an Abraham's offspring. God has already blessed you through Christ Jesus. Now it's time for you to be a blessing. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm here to be a blessing. So how can I bless you? Please let's stand. Let's stand. May these words, may these words echo in our hearts and in our minds. May these words echo in our hearts and in our minds. We must pay the most careful attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Father, I pray that this church, every person here this morning, will be experiencing your word. That everyone here this morning will be experiencing your presence. They'll be experiencing the gospel, the power of the gospel. Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation to everyone who believes. If you are here this morning and you don't believe in the power of the gospel, and you don't believe in Jesus Christ, please, I just want to invite you. I want to humbly invite you to something great like this that we can't ignore. Please just lift up your hand if you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart because there is no one else. There is nothing else. There is no one else. There is nothing else. Just lift up your hand. If you know you don't have Christ Jesus in your heart, if this word was speaking to you and now is the time that you believe and you think but it's time to surrender. It's time to surrender my whole heart to him. Father, I just want to pray that um, you will strengthen us. You will strengthen the believers. That you will strengthen the believers, Lord, to be faithful in our walk with you. That you will strengthen us to walk humbly and faithfully before you. And Lord, remind us to go to the word. Remind us to study the word. Remind us to read the word. Remind us to pray. Remind us, Lord, oh God, to come to the fellowship of the brethren. I pray, Lord, oh God, that the believers will meet on a weekly basis together 
in our connects and at the Sunday services. And in the malls, drinking tea, that people will be encouraging one another to remain faithful to the words of God. Strengthen us, O God. Encourage us. Those who are being discouraged, those who are feeling some sort of lethargic attitude and spirit, Lord, I pray that you will encourage them. Strengthen them. I pray for the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, to be with us and to lead us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you.